Good morning, New Hope. Thank you so much for coming out today. It, it is a wet one out there, and I know that always kind of affects attendance, and we hate that because we believe today's a really great day. But you're here, and we're excited about it, and everybody else can watch it online later, right? Or they might be watching now. If you're watching online, God bless you. We hope you enjoy this service. Um, yes, today is uh, Vision Sunday. This whole month is actually Vision Month. Uh, this whole month of August, we're going to be talking about the vision of the church and, and how that pertains to each one of us, and we're going to give biblical reasoning and explanation for everything that we do, and we're actually really excited about it because we believe that as we clarify the vision, that, uh, that it, it makes it that the people can run with it, right? The Bible says without a vision, the people perish, and uh, so we want to take this month to clarify it and, and, um, and talk to you about it and, and have it out there. We're, we're just we're really excited about it. This day, we've been working hard towards this day. It took a lot of work to, uh, to do the things that you've even been able to see this morning. I'm sure you, when you drove in, you probably saw the new sign out by the road. And uh, man, you don't know what we went through to get that sign. It's been, a, it's been a labor of love, but we finally got that out and all the new flags out there. And I mean, everything's changing from the stuff that's in the seat pocket in front of you is different now. And you know, you don't realize how many places your logo actually exists until you start changing it. In fact, we realized uh, this morning there was a few places we missed. And we're not going to tell you where those are because we don't want you to see it. But we're going to try to change those this week. And I mean, the kids' check-in stickers have it. And I mean, they're everywhere. And, and so uh, it's been quite a, an undertaking. But, but we are really excited. We've been working, uh, working really, really hard to get all this done. And, and um, we, uh, we believe that it's, it's so much more than just a logo. We believe that by doing this, we're, we're going to help uh, uh, advance the kingdom of God in this church. And I know some of you are already looking at me saying, how in the world does what you're talking about advance the kingdom of God? Because there's no way that, you know, something, anything that has to do with marketing or branding can that really impact the kingdom. Well, I'm really glad you asked that because I have a really great answer for it that I've been working on all week. And um, there, I think there's a couple of reasons, first of all, that I'm going to share with you just quickly that I believe play into all of this because it is so much more than a logo. It's so much more than... Uh, flags and a sign and branding and all the things in the website. We're redoing our whole website too. It's going to be ready in a couple weeks. And, uh, it, it's so much more than that. And I believe one of the reasons is because there is an excellence that comes with having things done well. Amen? You know, there's a spirit of excellence that the Bible talks about, and that spirit is from God. It's not from Satan. And you can see it in Daniel, the prophet Daniel. You know, the, when the Israelites were, were overtaken by the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, he, he had enslaved all of them, basically. And, and Daniel was, was one of the Israelites that, uh, that was in the king's court. He brought him in, it says, because Daniel had a spirit of excellence that, that made him rise above everybody else. In fact, it says that the king wanted to let him be over his whole kingdom because of the fact that he had a spirit of excellence. And that came from God. He was a prophet of God, and that came from God. That, that God gave to Daniel. And we think about the, uh, the tabernacle. When you look at the tabernacle in the book of Exodus, you know, when Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt and they were in the desert, God said, I want you to build a temple, a tabernacle to house my presence. And so he gave Moses very specific instructions on how to build this tabernacle, very specific. And he was to use the best of materials when he did this, when he built the tabernacle. And not only that, on top of that, if you will look, I believe it's in Exodus 31. It actually says that God put his spirit in a certain men to be able to do craftsmanship in a more excellent way. This is Old Testament, church, that God put his spirit in people just so they could make stuff really pretty and make it really excellent for the tabernacle. 
It, it was with working with gold, uh, stone, uh, brick, wood, that God, God was very specific about that. Now, I know in the, the new covenant that we are the temple of God, our body, we house the Holy Spirit. But you know, this, this building here is also represents a representation of that. We are the church, and this is where we come corporately together to worship. This is where uh, the world, the, an unsaved person, someone that does not know Jesus as their Savior and Lord, is going to come into this place, maybe on a Sunday morning. And if there's a spirit of excellence in this place, it has an impact in the lives of people. I believe that with all my heart. And it's why we made a pretty stout investment into this launch that we're doing today, because we believe it is exactly that. It's an investment. It's not just spending money to make things look pretty. We believe that we are investing in the kingdom of God by doing this. And you know, you look at businesses out, out there, outside these doors, when you walk into a business, you know right away if they have a spirit of excellence. And it matters to you when you go in. If you go into a place that looks rinky-dink and run down, hasn't been updated in 30 years, you think, hmm, I don't know. But you go into a place like the Apple store, and everything's beautiful, and it, it's so nice and clean. You know, Apple's got a great reputa reputation for being excellent. You know, even the way they package their things is so great. You know, we, we bought an iPad for the church this past week or two weeks ago, and the packaging was so nice, you actually hate to open it because it's just so pretty, you know? They've done such a great job of that. And their employees, you walk in. I had to go in the other day with my son because his phone wasn't working right. And, man, they were so good and knowledgeable and that you could just tell that they believe that their products are the best products in the world. And it, 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 it kind of, it's infectious for you too. You start to believe it as well. That's why they're doing so well. And I think as a church, you know, how much... If we as believers, when people come into our church, if we believe in what we are offering to people, it will be infectious to them too. That's how the gospel works. You know, what we're offering is a whole lot better than an iPhone. Amen? Amen. And I think about Disney too, you know? Disney has a spirit of excellence. They have a, they have a reputation for being very excellent in what they do. And, uh, you know, they have figured out a way to make you feel like they are blessing you by taking all your money. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's uncanny how they have done that. Happiest place on earth when you get there. You know, you think, man, my money's just flying out of my wallet. How am I supposed to be happy? But you are, and you don't even know how. But that's what we should, that's what we should be having in the church, too. This should be the best place that anyone could ever come, and we want to have excellence in everything that we do here, and a lot of that starts with how we market ourselves. Now, we're not marketing in a way that we're trying to sell something. We're marketing ourselves in a way that people can see that we care about who we are and what we're doing. So uh, the, the other thing would be unity. I think unity is something that is very important in the church and something that uh, what we're doing with this launch can help build unity in the church. And again, you may look at me and think, how in the world does, this, does a logo bring unity? Well, first of all, it's much more than a logo. Uh, we, are, we are clarifying communication. Uh, we're clarifying and we're simplifying our processes and how we do things. We're making it so that when people want to do something or know something, that'll be very easy and streamlined for you to be able to, to know how we do things and, and why we do the things we do. Uh, we've put our vision and our mission statement on the walls out in the atrium so that when you walk in, you will see it every time you come in here. Hopefully, if you're looking up, you'll see exactly what our vision is in this church. And we believe that as we clarify that and we make everybody aware of it and you guys know where we're going and what we're doing, that that can bring unity. Because we can't be unified if we're all going in different directions. You know, just because we all come to the same church doesn't mean we're unified. Unity is not just being nice and, be, and liking each other and, and being friendly to people. That's a great part of it. But unity, you have to have clarity and know where you're going and who you are and what you're doing to be able to have that unity. 
And I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about unity, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring uh, Jessica up. Pastor Bone was actually going to interview her today, and, but since I'm up here, I'm going to do it for him. And uh, she's going to help clarify some of uh, what we're doing today with this launch, too, because she was integral in this as well. You know, we've been wanting to do this, change this logo for, or, or rebrand ourselves, I should say, for a number of years. Um, just really didn't have the means to be able to do it. You know, the logo we had and what we were doing, it worked for, for the time we had when we had it, but it, it felt like it was a time to, uh, to completely redo all of it. And so she's going to talk about that when she comes up too. So, but, uh, but unity is something that is so important for us. And, uh, you know, when I, I mentioned the, the vision of the church, you know, our vision is to win souls and make disciples. That is as clear-cut uh, language as we can use when it comes to the vision of this church. And what that basically means is what, we, what motivates us, the why and what we do, what we do here every week and every Sunday is because we want to see people that don't know Jesus get saved. And we want to see saved people discipled and growing. That, that encompasses everything we do. And that's on the wall out there now. And we, we want everybody that comes here to know that that's what we stand for and that's why we're here. Now, that's not exclusive to New Hope. Most growing churches, most churches that are, that are Bible-based and love Jesus, that's, that's why they do what they do. It's to help people get saved and to help people grow that are saved. But then we also have our mission, which is the outworking of how we do that. How do we win souls and make disciples? Our, the vision or the mission of this church is to connect people, to help them grow, and to, to help them serve. Because we believe that connection is a huge, huge part of, of living the life, the life of faith and walking with Jesus. That's why we have connect groups. We call them connect groups for a reason, because we want people to be connected, because as great as Sunday morning is, and this is a part of connection because you're here, but when we, when we shrink it down to a smaller group, we see that there's a greater level of connection there. There's, a, there's potential for a greater level of growth in, a, in those connections. So we, we talk about connection. We talk about growing. We want people to grow. Uh, the, the terminology we've used on the wall out there is actually next steps, but that is growing. You know, we're, we're all supposed to be growing in our faith, right? But we're not all growing at the same pace, and we're not all growing from the same place. If you've just got saved, you know, growth for you, it looks different than it does for somebody that's been saved for 40 or 50 years. And so we want to talk, we want to use the, the language of next steps. Like, what is your next step as a follower of Jesus? If you just got saved, your next step might be to get baptized. But if you've been saved for a long, long time, your next step might be to, to do an encounter, to do a second encounter, or, or to get involved in a connect group, or, um, or whatever it might be. We always want to be talking about our next steps because we are always called to be growing in our faith and our walk. So again, th this is kind of going, going to the, the idea of why we did what we did. Uh, and then the final one is serving. Our, our, our mission here is to help people know how to serve others, to serve the church, to serve others, but, and ultimately, by doing that, we serve Jesus. Because we believe that we find our purpose in life by serving others. You know, Jesus himself said that he didn't even come to be served, but to serve. And if it's good enough for God himself, it's good enough for us. Amen? We are called to serve, and we want to create opportunities for serving. That's why we have our dream team. Our dream team is all of our serve teams that we have that give an opportunity for people to serve in this church. And, you know, so, so many of you are already involved in the dream team and you serve this church in, so, in a capacity one way or another some of you in multiple capacities and you know we are so blessed by that because you know when we talked about doing this logo and this launch and all of this stuff we weren't trying to create uh something that we were trying to push on you guys like we want you to be this so we're going to say this is who we are hoping you'll be this what we did was actually say who are we this is already who we are so let's just clarify it let's just put it on the walls let's just talk about it about it let's let's clarify our language so people can see it that, that don't know or people that might be coming in that are new. 
So that, that's, that's why we are doing what we're doing. So if we're doing those things, the thing we have to understand is that the enemy is not going to allow us just to do those things and sit back, right? He's going to try to stand in the way of what we're doing. And so what I want to do quickly and briefly is I want to um, give you three things that I think hinder us in our unity and then give you three things as to three reasons as to why unity is so great for us as a church, okay? And then I'll, I'll bring Jessica up in a few minutes. So the, the, the first hindrance, the first thing that the enemy would do to try to come against us would be to isolate us. When we talk about connection, it's so important that we're connected. Well, the opposite of connection would be to be isolated, right? You can be in church every Sunday and still be isolated, right? But to be connected is the opposite of that. But the enemy would want you to be isolated. And, and we can isolate for many different reasons. You know, you might, you might just be, uh, um, have a past hurt in church or with somebody in the church that would cause you just to kind of keep everybody at arm's length. Um, you might just have some fear about really putting yourself out there. There might be some insecurity, whatever it is. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons that we would isolate ourselves from others. But this, this works completely contrary to bringing unity in the church and helping us to advance the gospel. Uh, I, I, I talk about it all the time. I think the, the, the analogy of the lion and how the lion hunts is such a great example of what the en- how the enemy works. Because you know, the Bible actually references uh, Satan as a roaring lion, lion seeking who he may devour. So he hunts like lion does. Well, if you watch Animal Planet like I do or National Geographic, you see that when lions hunt, they see a herd. And what they do is they run out and they scatter the herd and they take off running. What they do is they try to find one that will get isolated. And if they can isolate one, they can take them down and lions got lunch. And that's exactly what the enemy does for us. He tries to isolate us because when we are disconnected from the group, we are more vulnerable to the enemy's ploys in our life. So isolation is a big hindrance for us, and that's why we have ways for you to connect to the church, whether it's connect groups or dream team or whatever it is. We want to work against that isolation. Uh, the next one would be a lack of identity. It's, it's impossible for us to be unified if we do not know who we are. Amen? Whether it's as a church or even as individuals. You know, there's, there's so many Christians, so many of us, that don't really know who we are in Christ, and it, and it, it handicaps us in our life even being effective in the church, because we can be so, uh, we're just trying to get through the week. We're just trying to hang on till next week. We're not really thriving in our life because we don't really know where we're going because we don't really know who we are. We don't know how God sees us. We don't recognize that we are children of the king. We're children of the most high and that we have the rights of the child of a king. You know, you are free and forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross for each and every one of us, right? You have hope because of who Jesus is. There's, there's, no, there's no reason for any of us as believers to stay in hopelessness or to stay in fear or to stay in anxiety because of who Jesus is. We can trust in that. That's, that's part of our identity. That's who we are. We can absolutely trust in that. And we can know that we are loved because, of what Jesus, or because we are Jesus's, because we are his. We can know that we are loved. I've told this story a few times, but it's, it's pertinent, and I'm going to tell it again just briefly. But my first child, my daughter, when she was born, uh, she was only a couple hours old. She was, we were in the hospital, and my wife was, had a C-section, so she was uh, somewhat drugged up. And I was just standing there over my baby just looking at her. I just couldn't believe that this had happened. It had been a long day, and there she was. And all of a sudden, I noticed her turning blue, and she wasn't breathing. And a brand-new dad, you know, I snatched her up, and I ran out in the hall, and a nurse came, and and she helped, and uh, turned out she just had something in her throat, some mucus or something gross that she was able to suck out. And, and it, the whole thing lasted like a minute. 
And I just remember standing there when it was all over and tears just rolling down my face. And I couldn't even stop. I couldn't stop crying. In fact, the nurse started laughing at me because um, I was crying so much. And, uh, you know, I, I remember over the last, next couple of days, I just remember the Lord speaking to me about that situation because, you know, I had just met her. She'd only been a couple hours old, and that up to this point in her life, she'd done nothing but cause us trouble. <laughs> and, and all the women that have had a baby said, amen. Yeah, pregnancy can be tough sometimes, right? But yet I had this incredible love for her, and the Lord showed me that, you know why you love her so much is because she's yours. That's why. It's because she's part of you, and she's yours. And the Lord used that to show me his father heart for me. He said, the reason I love you is because you're mine. That's it. Not because you do anything right or because you've met some quota or because you are, uh, live in the United States or because you, you know, go to work every day. It's not any of those things. It's because you're mine. That's why I love you. And I can, we can rest in that. And it changed my life. It changed my perspective. You know, I already knew that, but man, that really drove it home for me. And I realized I don't have to perform for anybody. I don't have to try to be popular or, or you know, please people. I mean, we still want to please people in our lives because that's what, you know, Jesus working through us is going to be helpful to people, but that's not what gives me my, my identity. My identity is in him and what he says about me. And if we don't know that, it will hinder us from being unified. All right, then the last one that hinders us from keeping us from unity is if we're self-serving. If, we're, if, we're, if we approach church as church is for me. You know, there's a consumer mentality in the church today that really works against us from being unified, you know, because we, we want to come to church, we want to be fed, you know, and it's like, what's this church going to do for me? We, we church shop because we're trying to find a church that's a good fit for us, and, and um, it, it, the, the, the focus can oftentimes be on ourselves and what it does for us, when in reality, the way we are, we are called to approach church is that we're called to give, not to, not to look to be served all the time. You know, God's plan for us and his heart for us is that we would be able to give out to others in the church. That's why we have the dream team. It's about serving. It's about, it's about knowing your purpose in life. We are designed to serve. The apostle Paul said that we are even to put our other people's needs ahead of our own. You know, I, I wanted to cross that verse out of my Bible, but God just won't let me. You know, we are, we are called to serve others and live to, to meet others' needs even more than our own sometimes. And, you know, I know the feeling sometimes is that, you know, I just, I'm so tired. I, I just don't have time to really serve. And, you know, the church just wants me to help them. And you're right, we do. We want you to help. But it's not because we just need your help. That's not why we're doing it. We believe that when you serve, you are fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And that's why we do it. It's not that we're just needy. It's because we believe that that's what God's best is for each and every one of you, too. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we all have time for the things that matter to us. You know, I don't ever have time to exercise, but I've always got time to watch TV. It's amazing how that works, you know? It's all about what matters to us. So we can't be self-serving if we want to be unified. So let me quickly give you the why as far as why unity is so important, why we believe in it, what, what, the, what comes with unity in the church, and why we should even pursue it as a church, okay? And the first one is that we are blessed together. When we are unified, we are blessed I know you can look at that and say, well, what does that even mean? What does it mean if I'm blessed? Because that's a, that can be somewhat of an ambiguous term, you know? But you know what the thing is? You know when, when you come into a group and they're unified. Because you can't always describe it, you can't always explain it, but you can feel it when a group's unified. And it draws people to it when there's unity in, in, a, in a group, whether it's a church or wherever it is. But the opposite's also true, too. When there's disunity, it's a repellent. It keeps people from wanting to be part of it. People can feel it when there's disunity 
in a group. Look what, look what Psalms um, 133 and verse 1, look what it says in the second part of verse 3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. For there the Lord grants his blessing, even life forevermore. That's a powerful verse. The psalmist is saying here how good and pleasant it is when the, when the, the brothers and sisters of the faith dwell together in unity. And he follows it up there in verse 3 by saying, for there the Lord grants his blessing. There's a version that says the Lord commands his blessing there. So when we're unified, the Lord's blessing is there. That's a, that's a good thing. It's a good thing if we are blessed when we're together. You know, what I noticed about this verse is that it's, the psalmist is very clear to say that it's good and pleasant. Because, you know, not everything that's good is pleasant, and not everything that's pleasant is good. Think about that for a minute. Not everything that's good is pleasant. You know, exercise, push-ups, burpees, they're all real good for you, but they're not very pleasant. Kale's good for you, but it's not pleasant. Right? Uh, having your teeth cleaned, that's good for you. Nobody's getting excited and looking forward to that morning, right? It's not very pleasant. But there's also things that are pleasant that aren't really good for you. You know, a bacon double cheeseburger is really pleasant. That's not very good for you. Binge watching TV all day can be pleasant. That's probably not very good for you. Buying that expensive toy and going into debt that you can't afford is pleasant in the moment until the first bill comes in the mail, right? But, but the thing about unity that the psalmist here is saying is that it's not just good, it's not just pleasant, it's both. It's good and pleasant because there will be a blessing that comes with it. And it's enough for us to want to pursue that because God commands his blessing when we're unified. The second one is that we are stronger together. So when we're unified, we're actually stronger as a group. You know, the Bible's very clear. It says that one can put a thousand to flight and two, 10,000. So when we're together, that's, that's implying unity. When we're unified, we don't, we don't do addition, we do multiplication. And so we're stronger when we're actually together. I, I love the story in uh, Genesis 11 about the Tower of Babel. You know, this is right soon after the flood, and so there weren't as many people on the earth anymore because of the flood had destroyed the earth. And everybody was pretty much unified. They all spoke the same language. And they came together and said, hey, let's build a tower to the heavens. And, uh, you know, this was in rebellion to God because uh, research shows, most scholars believe that these guys were building this tower just in case there was another flood so they could run into this tower and be saved from the floodwaters if God were to do that again. So they were in rebellion. So let's look what God said in Genesis 11, verses 5 to 7. It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people, that's a uni unified, speak in the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So this is, these are people that are in rebellion to God. And God's even saying, if they're unified, there's nothing they can't do. So God had to actually thwart their plans because they were doing it in rebellion. But the principle here is that if we're unified, if we're all one mind and one accord, there's nothing we can't do. We can be effective for the kingdom. We can be effective in our own lives and in the lives of our family. But we have to be unified because if we are, we're stronger together. Amen? All right, and then finally, the kingdom is advanced together. The kingdom of God is advanced when we are unified. Now, as a believer, church, this should be the passion, the driving force in each and every one of us. That it would be our desire that we would, that it would grieve us to think of all the people that are not part of the kingdom of God. It should be a driving force for each and every one of us. And one of the greatest uh, aspects 
that helps the church advance the gospel is when we're together and when we're unified. I'm going to show you what Jesus was praying for his disciples right before he went to be crucified. And look what he said in John 17, verses 20 to 23. It says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. There's the word unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus is saying here, if, we, if, if, these, if my brethren, if they're all unified, the world's going to know that you sent me. That's basically the gospel. Okay, If we're unified together, the world's going to have to take notice, is what God's saying there. They're going to have to take notice that Jesus really is the Son of God. It will further the kingdom of God. Jesus has given us one of the big keys here to furthering the gospel, and that is if the church is unified. If we are working together for one purpose, to advance the kingdom of God. We live in a society today that is becoming more and more uh, anti-Christianity, anti-church. We're being labeled. They, they call us names. A lot of them I couldn't even mention from this stage if you are a, a legit, genuine follower of Jesus. And we have to be unified if we're going to fight against those forces that are coming against us. Now, let me be clear. Our battle is not against the courts. It's not against our society. It's not against our politicians. It's not against Hollywood. It's not against social media. It's not against any of those things. Our battle is against flesh, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against the powers, the rulers of darkness. It's against the enemy. And so what, what, what I believe Jesus is saying here is that the, the spiritual battle that we fight, we don't even totally understand it, but when we are unified, the kingdom of God is advanced and the kingdom of darkness is pushed back. And so we care a lot about unity and being unified in this church. And it, it's partly why we're doing this Vision Sunday, why we're doing this launch, why we've, we're trying to solidify and clarify everything that we're doing, because we believe that that is one key. This is just one key to helping to unify this church and helping us to move forward for God's glory. So uh, I'm going to ask Jessica to come up now. I'm gonna let, we're going to kind of do a little back and forth thing here where we're going to talk. She is, um, she is our director of marketing and communications here at the church. She has a marketing background. She's been on board now for about three years. She was, I was saying earlier that we've wanted to do this, this change for a while. We just didn't really have the uh, capability. We didn't have the resources to be able to do it. And when she finally came on board, it, it freed us up to be able to do it because this is her background. So she was a, a huge help in this. And um, she has, she's worked harder than anybody on this, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was joking and I said that if we gave her comp time for all the extra time she worked over the last couple of months, she'd, she'd probably have the rest of the year off. So, uh, so we're not giving her any comp time because we need her here. So, um, but she's been integral and we couldn't have done this without her. And, and she's, got a, she's got her own perspective on all this too, coming from the background she has. And so I really wanted her to be able to to share this morning with us a little bit. So, hey, Jess. Hello. Welcome. The rest of the year off sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's not going to happen. So, so um, you know, we talked about how we felt like it was time for uh, some wholesale changes mm -hmm. when it came to um, our brand and our marketing. So can you just kind of tell us how that all came about? Yeah. So I'm very excited about this day. We've been working really hard, me and my team. Um, and I just I apologize on the forefront. I can geek out about marketing and branding. So, you know, at the end of the day, branding is all about who you are, what you do, and why you do it, 
right? And coming on staff, we have been solidifying these things. I think in the last couple of years has really been the conversations that we have been having, like clarifying these things. And if we're going to do that, then an icon or a logo is part of that. So if you think of like branding is the total identity and the personality of who we are as a church, then the icon kind of exists as the face of it, right? When they see it, then they they are matching what they've experienced and what they know to it. And we just kind of felt like internally, maybe the icon didn't serve that purpose anymore that we had had. And so this idea of updating and um, kind of making it more modern, more unified throughout. And so that kind of has been the spark of the conversation. And um, so my background is in marketing and and, um, I worked with a company when I was working at the children's hospital um, downtown. They're called We're Stewart. And I had worked with them previously. And I know that, you know, you and Pastor Bowen, Pastor Bowen has been integral in, in making this happen and and all and everybody else here at the church the leadership of this church um has been really excited about this happening yeah in fact let me interject there we uh pastor bone and i actually presented this to the board uh, a little while back about about doing this and and taking this route and like i said before it is a financial commitment and so we were a little nervous about even how the board would respond and we were really blown away because they they i felt like they were more excited than us right off the get-go so it was really that was kind of an answer to prayer for us and encouragement felt like we were going in the right direction because everybody was so on board with it. Yeah, so it, it's, it felt good. And so we, we reached out to this company. The reason why we chose We Were Steward is because they have a um, reputation in our community for really specializing in brand identity. Because for us, we realized what we don't necessarily need is a new logo for logo's sake. What, what could we do to kind of brand ourselves so that when you saw us, that matched how you feel? You know what I'm saying? So they kind of specialized in that, and we took it to them. And what's awesome about the way that they do business is they didn't just say, like, okay, great, you need a logo, okay, and then they handed it to us, and that was it. You know, they specialize in trying to get to know us. And so really those conversations with Weir Stewart from, you know, back in the, in the early spring of this year have really been about you guys. And it has been an awesome conversation for us to have because we get to brag on you. You know, we got to talk about how generous you guys are. That, I mean, you, you talk about generosity. There's nothing like you guys. And that you do connection so well. That you're generous with your lives. You know, we have had multiple families in this church who would not be where they're at without the connection of people, a community of people around them. We got to talk about our diversity, how God-given that is and amazing. And the fact that we represent Jesus as total, right? All of us all reflect him. And we got to talk about our diversity not only culturally but generationally you know from older to younger we have it all which is it's we're all the body you know so we got to have all these really great conversations about them about you guys and um and they were even they had some sent some of their people here on a couple sundays to be in the service yeah they sat in our service make sure we weren't lying in fact at christmas um 2018 was um was when they sat through our services and i will say this very, it's really cool because I had to go back this week and pick up a couple of things from them. And they said from the start, like, you know, a lot of companies that we work with, they tell us like, oh, we're so diverse as a company, you know? And they're like, yeah, it's like we, we get really skeptical about things like that because everybody kind of thinks they're diverse. And they're like, hands 
down, you have been, you have been as honest and what you have said has matched up with who you are and the, how amazing that is. So we got to work with them. We had conversations. They came here. They got to know us, how we do things. We've had multiple conversations with them. And so um, several months back, we got to sit down and they presented to us um, based on, you know, what they felt about us, what we, what we said about you guys, and they presented to us what our new branding mm-hmm. would kind of feel like. So. Yeah, and so you brought some of those pieces today, so can you show I us did. some of that stuff? Guys, can I just show you We're going to let her geek out things? a little bit. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to stand up for a minute. Okay, so um, if we'll go ahead and go to the first slide. So this, I'm going to walk you through the presentation that we got from Weir Stewart, mostly because I want you guys to know why does our logo look the way it does? Maybe you have those questions. Like, I get it, and that's good, and that's all of it. It looks great, but why? You know, why those colors? There's there's a reasoning behind everything. That's kind of what we wanted to show you. So we go to the next slide. So this is our full logo. So as you'll notice, there are many pieces to it. Obviously, now we're starting to see our, some of our colors. We see an icon over here. We see our full logo treatment. So New Hope Worship Center, we can go to the next slide. The next one is they're showing us more of our colors. So now not only do we have navy blue and white, but we have this powder blue, and then we have what we call our tertiary color, which is our splash color, which is green. So we'll go to the next slide. So this is our icon. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you guys see the N inside of it? You see it? Okay, I'm going to be really honest. The first time when they presented to us, I was like, oh, that's a cool shape. Look at all those lines and stuff. That's cool. That's cool. And um, immediately, Pastor Rowan and Pastor Reagan were like, oh, the N. I was like, yes, the N. The N is so good. I didn't even see it. Um, But, you know, even like we wanted to break this down because they didn't just come up with this. Like they didn't just sit down and draw a bunch of lines and a big N and say, okay, here you go. They actually had reasoning for why they did it. So if we'll go into the next slide. So when we talked about who we were as a church, that we wanted this to be a place where people can come and experience God, where they can come and feel free to worship, and as we worship him, you know, that other people will be drawn to this place. This is kind of what they they designed. So you see, like over here, the empty tomb, right, representing the fact that we live in the resurrected life, right? We We believe that now we're called to this life, and so they drew that out, and then they, you know, what would a shout of praise look like, you know, saying everything that God has done, and they sort of put that into what we now have as the, the icon. So now when you see it, you're going to know it's not just a bunch of lines that are haphazardly placed. It actually has purpose to it. So we go to the next slide. So these are the colors that they gave us. And even the colors, they have, they have meaning, you know. The um, navy blue and the powder blue are our primary colors and white, obviously. But then we have this splash of green. And when they gave us the green, they were like, we really know that you guys are going to go into a season of growth. And we wanted a color that signified what it looks like to have new life and growth in this place. How awesome is that, right? And then if we go on to the next slide, this is the last one in the presentation, you'll notice as you walk through, there's lots of different patterns that, that we have. You know, these were actually hand-created by Weir Stewart. So these are personalized to us. And really, because we are so diverse, they wanted to create something in our brand identity that reflected our diversity. And so they hand-drew these patterns because each of these patterns represent, you know, different ways of these shapes and coming, coming to be. And you can make all these patterns, different versions of the colors. And collectively, they work together, but they all kind of stand out on their own. And this is kind of the reflection of the diversity in our house. So um, this was the presentation that Weir Stewart um, gave us. So this is what we saw a couple of months ago. Yeah, it looks so good. Doesn't it look good? Yeah. So 
we, we, we did this, and this is kind of for the church as a whole, but we, we didn't want to just do something for the whole church. We also wanted to kind of add a special touch to some of the sub-ministries of the church, too. So maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, as Pastor Reagan has been talking about, our step in unity. You know, really, this was our first step in, you know, how do we give you the bones of unity? Because obviously, unity is a work that we all are, have to be committed to, right? But we can give you some kind of structural bones to it. One of the things, you know, reasons why we created... Why we felt like rebranding was going to be good was because previously, you know, we had the main logo that represented New Hope as total, but I don't know if you've ever thought about it or not, but all the other sub-ministries had their own logo, their own looks, their own feels, which is okay, but what happens is when you bring everything together, there's this subtlety of everything working together as it should, and even in that, we thought, how can we bring unity between ministries, and one of the greatest ways we can do that is for, for it to have a similar look and feel. Now, how it outworks is very different, so what you're going to see is the main, the main logo and the main icon is that in, obviously, with New Hope Worship Center, our colors, but then we thought, how do we sub-brand that out, so now that kids and and youth and young adults and legacy. How do these all these sub ministries, connect groups, dream team, how do they work together so that if you were to see it, you would go, oh, that's New Hope, you know? And so we have sub branded. You'll start seeing a lot of that um, as you walk our, our facility. If you came in this morning, you notice New Hope Kids is different. You know, and we looked at every single ministry underneath ours and we thought, how can we give them some bones and structures to be unified but also be unique in how they outwork? So you'll notice in the kids, there's a lot of fun colors. They have way more colors than we do. We added yellow and red, um, green and blues, and it's just super fun because one of our primary goals for kids is to know that they can come to church, and church is fun. And some of that outworks itself visually. They could come in and go, oh, look at all these brun fun, bright colors. You know, church is fun for kids, right? You'll notice that legacy, you know, theirs is more the powder blue and the navy Then we added some gray because we feel like that's a more established group and we want it to be more sophisticated in its feel. You'll notice that with kids, uh, with the youth, theirs is way more funky and colorful and we wanted their, their logos to be a little bit more flexible because how, how many of you guys know culture for them is changing lightning speed. So what's popular today will not be popular in two weeks and how do we create a brand that could transition with them as well? And so you'll notice, though, the icon is in every single sub-branding that we've done because that's the tie-in for everything. So you'll start noticing some of that. That's so good. Yeah. And I, 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 we appreciate you guys indulging us a little bit this morning. I know this is really different from a normal Sunday morning service and um, kind of goes against the flow, but we do feel like it's important because we want you to see that we, all this is working together for, uh, for unity to help fulfill the vision and the mission of this church. So um, we've been talking about unity, and so... From, give us your perspective on how this all ties together into bringing unity. Yeah, so, you know, I, I've been thinking about this question, and I kept thinking about, you know, um, in Ephesians, Paul's addressing the church of Ephesians, right? And the subheading, if you, if you read your Bible, it'll talk about unity and maturity in the body. And so Paul is talking to the, the, the church of Ephesians, and he's, he's kind of talking to them about unity. You know, at this point, the, you know, Jesus has come, and he's debunking some of the, the stuff that they believed in the past, you know. And what he says to them is, no longer can we all go our own ways. I'm paraphrasing this very greatly, but he says, no, we shouldn't be some going this way and some going that, and some taking the, this path and some taking that. He said, we all should be on the same road heading in the same direction because... 
We believe in the same thing. We believe in God. We believe in one faith. We believe in, we believe in all these things. And so because we believe in all of these things together, in humility and love, we should come together and serve one another so that we are, in the message version, I love this translation, so that we are permeated with oneness. And I love that idea, permeated in oneness, in thought and action. And then he goes on to say, but here's the deal with unity. It's not that we're all the same and we're all doing the same thing. He says, in fact, I've given some to be teachers, some prophets, some apostles, some, you know, preachers, you know, all these things. So we all have different functions in the way that we do it. But that they would all come together and work rhythmically together in oneness. And I think that is so beautiful. And that is, you know, it, we're talking about branding. And I know, you know, however you think, maybe you think like, oh, that, that doesn't even seem spiritual. And, you know, the reality is we're living in a day today where people are, we're living, you, you even said a post-Christian world where people are trying to navigate God in whatever venues they have. So digitally, people are Googling our webs, our, our church before they even step foot. They're going to go to our website. They're going to look at our social media. Because culture is changing so much, we should be the forerunners of putting ourselves out there and creating something that people, when they see it, you know, when brand is consistent and when it's done well, you don't notice it too much, but there's something about it that gives you a feeling. And what it gives you a feeling of is integrity, that people feel like they can, what they're seeing and their experience is matching to what they see. Mm -hmm. And so how can we bring those two things together? That's really what this whole rebranding has been about. Like, how can we function and permeate with oneness? Well, for us, it starts with giving you something that makes us feel like we're one, visually. You know, the reality is, is that God gave us all five senses and how we experience life is through those five senses. Interestingly enough, one of them is vision, like through our sight. We're taking in and we're, we're, we're something's communicating in our brain and then we have a thought and a feeling about it. And so when people come into our church and they see that things are done with excellence and it feels like it makes sense and it's communicated clearly without even knowing it, we're giving them a sense of um, trust in who we are, that the experience will line up with what they see. Mm -hmm. And so that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's even started, you've mentioned consistency in our language, you know, like nothing, the, fun, the great thing about this whole thing is nothing is really new. Beside the look and feel of it, nothing that we're doing in church is new. We're figuring out how can we communicate it so it's simple and easy for people to access. If we really believe that church is for lost people, and we want people to come in who are far from God and experience Him, how can we give them tools to do that that is simple and laid out, that they would be willing, they'd be able to walk forward? You know, in January, Michael W. Smith, Pastor Bowen asked Michael W. Smith to come, and um, he preached. He was from Church of the Highlands and Art Church, Art Churches, and he um, he actually kind of consulted with us a little bit. And funny enough, after one of the services, we were getting ready to do um, membership, baptism that month. We had all these things lined up, and so he was in the atrium, and he was talking to some of you guys. And he came back to us, his staff, and he was like, ooh, we have a little bit of a problem. I asked several people, like, okay, baptism is coming up. How would I do that? And everybody had a different answer of how you would sign up and how you would do that, which led us to feel like there's a problem with our process. Maybe we're not making things really clear and easy. 
it should be clear and easy for people, right? right. Next steps, if we're going to really push next steps, that everybody's on a continuum and everybody needs to be taking their next step, it's our job to make sure that a next step is easy and simple to figure out. So we're trying to make things really consistent, you know? And even with our language, you know, we're talking about oneness and unity. You know, we talk about Dream Team. Dream Team operates in, you'll see the tagline, it's one team, many parts. So it's one team together that functions in many different ways. Connect groups, we talk about that language. You know that there's many types of connect groups that you can get involved in. There's interest groups, and then there's full-on Bible studies. They all function in different ways, but they're all connect groups because the goal is to connect you to God and to each other. And so we're trying to just bring consistency around that language and make it really simple and easy. So another thing that you've mentioned is our website. Currently, we are under construction, so if you go to our website now, you'll, you'll go to our splash page. But eventually, that page in the next you know, 10 to 15 days, our website will be new and fresh because we figured, you know what, maybe our website should be work in unity with us. And then if we tell people they should sign up to join the church or sign up for water baptism, wouldn't it be great if we could send them all to one place where they could do it online? So our new website will have all those function abilities that if we, if we ask you to do something, you can actually go online and do it right there. So we're trying to just make things easy for people to experience God. You know, we, if, if that's our goal, then whatever we do that becomes a distraction isn't good. And sometimes lack of communication, lack of clarity can be distractions for people actually taking that next step. So that's kind of been what we've been looking at as a staff. And I think what's been really exciting about the, the rebranding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and all of this has been designed to cultivate unity within, within our church. And so we hope you guys see that. We hope the, the messages come across. I mean, obviously, um, you know, there's going to be uh, this is something we're, we're launching today, but it's something that's going to be um, before you for weeks and months and years to follow. So we hope that, uh, that you'll be on board with that too. Um, I, I do appreciate you, uh, you indulging us this morning. Like I said, I know this was a little different service, but uh, we believe wholeheartedly in, in, in this and what we're doing. And the, uh, clarifying the vision of the church is so important. So thank you for, for being here. I do want to pray over us. Uh, in fact, I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would as we, as we pray. And then Jessica's going to come and close out the service. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you, God, that we know that you are a God of excellence, that you are a God of unity. And Lord, we want to be vessels that you can use for both of those things. Lord, I ask that, God, that you would help us to pursue those things in our lives and also in this church, Lord. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the vision and the mission of this church. God, we know that the Lord, that lives all over the world have been, been impacted by new hope. And it's such a privilege and a blessing to be part of that. And God, we thank you for that today, Lord. But I thank you for each and every person here today, Father, that, that you would make it a passion of ours, that we would care uh, about unity and excellence in our lives. Lord, if there's anything standing in the way, Lord, that you would expose it in our own hearts so that we can deal with it, God. We want to be used by you, Lord. We thank you that we're yours, that we are secure because we're yours. We thank you that you love us so, so much. And Jesus, we thank you ultimately for the cross because without it, none of us would be here today. We thank you for life. We thank you for freedom, for forgiveness, for hope, and for identity. For everything that we have, Lord, it all comes from you. We'll give you all the praise and the glory for it. We love you. We bless you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said...